Welcome to the four-part teaching series, Kitchen Table Kingdom, featuring Harmony Klingenmeyer. In this series, you'll learn about God's original design for family and identity. Also, don't miss the special bonus episode. And now, here's your host, Jen Lowen. Hello, Elijah Fire fam. Happy Friday. I am your sometimes host, and only sometimes because Jeff is usually your host, but today I am filling in for him because he has given me an incredible opportunity to um, host this new series for you guys. I'm super pumped to be here. For those of you who don't know, I'm Jen Lowen, and I am actually Jeff's um, older sister. And I have two little girls, um, Annabelle and Evangeline, and then I'm married to Michael, who actually happens to work behind the scenes uh, for Elijah List as well, which I do too. Um, so guys, I'm just so happy to be here. Honestly, the last time Jeff hosted this guest, I watched it. He, he had texted me and he said, Jen, I really think you need to watch this guest. And I'm a mama. I'm a work from home mama. I'm also a homeschool mama. And so when I got to listening to this interview, I was like cooking dinner. And I just honestly just got hit with the presence of the Lord. And I was crying because I, and I even told her this behind the scenes, I felt like I found a bosom buddy, like somebody who was just connected to the same heartbeat of the father in terms of like raising up the next generation. And so I texted him and I said, listen, if you have her back on, can I please have the opportunity to host her? Or I would love the opportunity to host her or something like that. So then he told me that we were going to be doing a new series with her and asked me to host. And I was like, yes, yes, absolutely. So you guys, I just, I hope that you come with your hearts open and prepared to receive because truly I believe we are in an incredible season where God is re-engaging us, especially at the family unit. And, um, one of the things that I really, truly believe is that God is is waging warfare within within the homes, within the homes being connected and, and, and unified. And so I have come prepared to take notes, and I, I hope that you do too. Um, I'm just super excited to introduce this guest to you. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to our prophetic teacher, revivalist, and a children's minister and author. Would you please join me in welcoming... Harmony Klingenmeyer. Hello. Hello. Oh my goodness, Jen. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. You what an honor welcome. it is to be with you. Yes. Now, please just, can you take a moment for those maybe who didn't see that last episode with you, would you please just, you know, introduce us to you? Tell us a little bit about you. Yes, I will. Um, Thank you so much, by the way, just for having me on. Thank you, Jeff. Like, this is an illumination. This is such an honor. And I feel like um, I'm a member of the Elijah Fire family now. My whole life is family. And so when I when God connects me to people, I just immediately put them inside of my family mindset. And so <laughs> I just feel so connected yes. with all of you. And I love you all. And yes, my name is Harmony Klingenmeyer. And uh, I am wife to Scott. He and I have been married almost 11 years. Last year was super exciting when we made it to, to double digits. Double digits. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yep. Like, that does feel really good. Doesn't that it? Does it's feel amazing. Good. Yeah. My marriage husband and I have been married 14 years. So that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Marriage is, is, you know, it's work, it's challenging. And so mm -hmm. passing that milestone was such a gift from Daddy God to me personally. Oh, yeah. 
And uh, in the course of our marriage, in the last, specifically in the last almost seven years, we have had the great privilege of parenting 19 children out of foster care in the state wow. of Oregon. And we were given the opportunity to adopt three sons out of foster care. And the, the, the birthplace of our story really is a prophetic word. Uh, all my life, since I was a little girl, I have heard the voice of God, both audibly in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit, in the word, uh, and in dreams and, and mm. open visions. And so listening to his voice is natural for me. It's, uh, it's part of my spiritual inheritance. Much of it I didn't earn, uh, much of it <laughs> from amazing parents and grandparents, but um, even in my most broken times, which at the beginning of my relationship with Scott, we were in a very broken place. I had just mm. come out of a cult and an abusive wow. marriage. Wow. And my story is, and, and let this be such an encouragement to anyone who is parenting, who has a past, who has a story of redemption, um, who wonders, you look, maybe look in the mirror and you think to yourself, am I qualified? Am mm -hmm. I loved? Am I good enough to parent the next generation? Look at me, sis. Look at me, brother, because mm -hmm. I am a picture of massive prophetic redemption. Uh, at one point in my life, I lived the lesbian lifestyle. I was homeless wow. at one part of my life. Um, and so I've, I've walked a lot of roads and daddy God never abandoned me. And now I am parenting a generation. So daddy okay. God is ready to use you too. <laughs> yes. I love it. Awesome. So our story really began with a prophetic word. God told me that Scott was called to be a father to a generation of fatherless sons. Mm. Wow. Yeah. How did he receive that? How did he receive that when he heard that? Well, um, so he didn't know I was crazy. He didn't know I was going to God, right? He didn't know that that was the person he was getting himself involved with. Um, mm -hmm. And I actually was, after our third date, the Lord spoke to me. He gave me the word. I was telling some family members about this amazing man I just met. Of course, I really knew nothing about him. But, uh, <laughs> but I thought I was in love already. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and so I was just telling them about Scott and out of my mouth, just very organically, without thinking the prophetic just birthed something. The spirit of prophecy birthed a word through me. And mm. I just said, Scott is called to be a father to a generation of fatherless sons. Wow. And my family members just paused and looked at me, many of them are prophetic, and they just said, Harmony, that was God. Oh, that wow. Was God. Wow. And I knew, I knew instantaneously that we would be married. You know, I knew that we were gonna spend the rest of our lives together. Um, but of course we had a long, long journey of healing that we needed to walk through. So we went on that journey and we're not really here to talk about that whole journey. I've talked about it lots of times, but please go and, you know, you can find more about our story on my YouTube channel, Harmony and Klingenmeyer. So I just encourage you if you're a person who's experienced brokenness or maybe you're in the middle of a di divorce and you can't see tomorrow. Mm. You don't know if daddy God can use you. He wow. can and he will. <laughs> yes. That is the story of my life. So since our 
massive restoration and healing, God has um, given us the opportunity to parent a generation. And we've done that in our home and also in the public schools. I taught public schools for almost a decade. Wow, cool. And while I was there, I was on a covert operation into the generation. Hmm. I did. I saw a lot of miracles in my classroom. I saw a young woman, um, massive anxiety and depression healed. I saw many young men and young women who struggled with gender identity healed and restored. Hmm. Um, I, and I was just, I was there to bring the gospel and I was not afraid to bring the gospel. I love that. I love that. That's incredible. And, um, so we are talking today about understanding God's original design for family. Yeah. And I'm honestly so excited to, to jump into this. Before we do, would you mind opening us up in some prayer? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Papa God, you are so near to your children. You are with us and in us and surrounding us like a shield mm -hmm. and father god i know you have so much to give your children and i know it because i've received it god because you healed me because you restored me because you've restored my husband because you've restored my children oh god i know your faithfulness i know your goodness i've tasted and seen what you are capable of and god i pray right now for every person who is listening to this or will listen to this papa god i believe that you are reaching into their lives Abba, you are reaching in with supernatural power. You are rescuing them, God. You are restoring them, God. You are releasing sonship and belonging within them, God. And I pray that through my words, through through the, the even even my aspect and 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 everything that I am, Abba, I pray that they would encounter your love and that they would be empowered, God. I pray, Father, that they would arise like a lioness. As it says in Ezekiel chapter 19, I pray that a generation of fathers and mothers would arise like a lioness and raise up kings and queens to rule and reign in the earth. God, I pray today that such a revelation would come upon fathers and mothers, that they would know it is not the church's job it is not the government's job. It is not someone else's job to raise up a generation of apostolic sons and daughters. It is not the church's job to mantle the next generation. No, Abba, you have chosen them. You have chosen fathers and mothers. You have anointed fathers and mothers. And you love the fathers and mothers. And you have given them prophetic vision to see what their children are in the spirit realm and to speak and so act that all that you have declared will come to pass in their children's lives. God, we believe you and we just dedicate this time to you, Papa, the one who teaches us how to love mm -hmm. in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Woo, girl. 
come on. I'm feeling that. <laughs> I'm feeling it. Um, That's good stuff. Um, All right. You want to go ahead and get us started with the garden. Laying yes. the groundwork for generational blessing. Yeah. So the, the amazing thing about family, I always tell people, in the Garden of Eden, God did not create the church. <laughs> he did not create the church to reflect the Trinity. He created wow. family to reflect the Trinity. His original mm-hmm. design for all of creation, I've heard a, a really powerful prophetic, uh, she's actually a prophet, her name is Patty Amsden, amazing woman of God. I've heard her teach on this as well, totally confirming what God has been teaching through me, but that even, you know, all the things, all the pieces of culture, of the government and the grocery stores, imagine a world without the fall. What would it look like? It would look like family. Yeah. It would look like family. And so in the garden, at the very beginning of time, God decided that the, his representation on the earth would not be an organization. It wouldn't be a, a, a even, you know, like the, the, the church, the, 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 even the, we think about the Levitical priesthood. None mm-hmm. of those things were God's original design. Wow. His original design was that a son, that a father would give birth to a son. And that that son would carry the DNA of the Trinity and that it would be passed from generation to generation. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, when you say that, it kind of, it, it opens my mind to think, man, what would, what would the world look like without the fall? You know, it's almost like we have to, I don't want to say reimagine what family should look like, but maybe we need to think of family as being way more integral if I said that word right, to just the function of, of everyday Every. life. Yeah, everything. Every. Like really, what would business look like? What would even church look like? What would government look like if the family was central? That so that's exactly right. Yeah. That is what God intended. Mm. And because it was literally like creation looked to man to find out what God looks like. So the deer and the turtles, right? And the birds in the sky, they were all looking at man to find mm-hmm. out. And it actually says, it's it, it, we move it into the new covenant understanding in Romans chapter eight. It says that all of creation is groaning for what? The Not that God, God would everything. ride in on a, on a, you know, on a, on a white horse and fix everything. Like we, huh. we do believe that Jesus is coming back. I mean, yeah, yes. we believe it. Okay. Yes. What is he coming back for? The church. He's, he's coming he's back bride. for his bride. He, see, the, the, the third heavens, hmm. what's happening in the heavens of heavens, where Abba is seated on the throne, is not an organization. It's a family. There is a father hmm. seated on the throne who's, who at his right hand is a son who's mm-hmm. coming back for a bride. It's family. Wow. So when you look at it from that perspective, you can really see why there's just been an all out assault on the family. You know, why we're looking at the statistics we're looking at this day and age with marriage and just the the brokenness that seems to come into through trauma, through generational stuff. It just seems like that's 
truly, you know, it makes a lot more sense when you put stuff into perspective like that, that, that the yeah. family is truly like at, kind of at the heart of everything God's wanting to establish on this earth. Yes. So, yes. And so then, go ahead. And you can also see like, you know, where, where are the most potent churches? Like if you, if you go into a community and you're looking for the church that's having the greatest impact, it's churches that focus on the family. Right. Mm. And they're the ones that get they are under the most attack and assault. Like the, mm. There's so many denominations that are functioning perfectly fine with the consent of the second heavens. Mm. That, that's mm. that's some, some hard truth. We talked mm. about this before we came on. God is asking mm. me to say some hard things right now. Go for A it. A lot of our denominational religion is perfectly acceptable to the enemy because it is not doing the work restoring the family to its original design that is the work of the church the work my work our work mm. is to restore the family to its original purpose of reflecting the trinity in its fullness if the church i got chills. business i'm sorry what i'm what, sorry what? i've got chills i just i was interrupting you <laughs> you go ahead please feel free if i've got church, chills preach <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> if the church is not about the business of restoring the family. So we have, we have two purposes in the earth. And these are our, our primary functions. Okay. Mm -hmm. Of the body. Mm -hmm. And they are to make disciples and to restore the family. Wow. That is, that is it. And you see it all through the new Testament. What is Paul really addressing all through his letters? What does the family, how do we preach the gospel mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and how do we restore the family? And, and everything else is secondary. You know, if we spent more time on marriage and parenting in the mm. church, the church would not be a, um, an emergency room for the family any longer. Yeah. Right. My right husband's now. often, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to interject. My husband's often referred to the church as like the emergency room, like the like a hospital, like people go there to to get treatment, you know, for major life threatening wounds. Yeah. Yeah. He's talking and where about are those that. wounds coming from. Family. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So the woundedness that the generation is carrying, those wounds are um, perpetrated in the family. And then the people come to the church like they would come to an emergency room for their souls, for their mind, will, and emotions, okay? Mm -hmm. and, and what happens is, and I see it all the time in children's ministry, children come in, they're carrying such massive brokenness. There is no way that we can address it on a Sunday morning in an hour and a half service. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. And, and they spew, they just make a mess wherever they go. They And I love them. I love all those messy babies. Bring me the messy babies. I'm okay with that, right? I'm okay with the, the, the ones who are coming off drugs. You know, we got, in my own home, we've had drug babies. We've had um, fetal alcohol syndrome babies. Like, bring me all the broken babies. That's okay with me, okay? Mm -hmm. But the point is, is until we heal the family, right? we're going to continually be putting out the fires that the family is right. starting. Right. And that, that is the number one issue. That is the number yeah. one issue. Yeah. So for me, for me, God is asking me, and if you go back to the original design, you know, you look at what it says in the, in Genesis, what you see is a God, a Papa yeah. who created 
who molded with his hands a self-portrait, his very self, his very image. He was making a portrait of himself. Mm. He breathed, he put, I, I see this picture of God, you know, he's down on his hands and knees. I talk about this often because it's such a powerful picture for me personally. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. He's digging up the clay right next to the Euphrates River. You know, he's pulling up the clay. All the animals are watching and the angels are watching. Like, what is Daddy God doing now? And he piles up the clay. He's got to have a lot because God is a big God and he's going to make himself a self-portrait. right? Mm-hmm. And he forms Adam, you know, the dimples and the, and the laugh lines and the ears and all of it, the strong shoulders. And he puts his hands. I see this picture of like son and Holy Spirit and father with father face to face with Adam. And they're all, they've got their arms around Adam. And, and Papa God breathes into Adam the breath of life. And as God breathes out, Adam, his lungs expand and the air goes in and his eyes begin to flutter open. And what is he looking at? He's looking at a face that looks yeah. just like his face. He's, he's actually finding out who he is by looking at Papa God. Wow. And, and then this incredible thing happens. God speaks and he just says one thing. He says, son, you're very good. (laughs) You're very good. Oh, think about that. Like how far we're removed from that at this point. Like, like, no, no, don't call me good. Don't call me good. There's like this attitude of religiosity that says, don't call me good. But the Mm -hmm. Papa God, yeah. Said we were very good. Yeah. And Jesus restored it. Yeah. I've and often thought, I've often thought of that just in, in, to your point of just how God out of all of, all of the earth, you know, he, he chose to form man from the dirt. He chose So there's gotta be something so beautiful and even God honoring yeah. about us coming back to that place of just embracing what it is to be, um, I don't want to sound like new age or anything, but just a good human, like a good, you know, being restored back to that place of identity as it's good that I'm this way. It's good that God made me human. It's good that God made me this way, you know, and, and getting back to that place of, um, living, living life from that identity of I am good because I was created in God's image. Jesus redeemed me. Yes. I'm not going to hijack. Go continue. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. It's exactly right. We are good because daddy God is good yeah. and we are his image bearers. We're a mirror for Papa God. He looks yes. into us and what does he see? Once we have been reborn according to the word that lives and abides forever, according to first Peter, we're not born of incorruptible or of corruptible seed, but of mm-hmm. incorruptible seed mm-hmm. that lives and abides forever. We are good. Not just good. We are very good. And that was a moment of generational blessing. And every single time a baby, this was God's original intention. This is what we're discussing right now. Every single time the baby comes out of the womb and onto the mama's chest, she's right here face to face 
Mm -hmm. Like Papa God was at the beginning. Yeah. That's just what I thought of. Yeah. Baby opens her, his or her eyes. They're looking into a face that is just like theirs. (laughs) And in that moment, this is the space where generational blessing is released. Oh, that is so beautiful. This is the intimate place. And this is also what's broken. Yeah. So when, when Eve chose to eat the fruit, what she was really saying is, I am not good. Mm-hmm. I am not an image bearer. There's mm-hmm. something that I need to do to be like God. And what I need to do is I need to eat this fruit and I need to know what God knows in order to be like God. And actually, that's a falsehood. You don't right, have to know. She was made in God's image, right? So, exactly. I mean, and that's, she was like God already being made in his image. That's it. Yeah. She was already like God. Yeah. And she didn't need to know good and evil in order to be like God. She was mm-hmm. already like God. She was whatever her papa said she was right? She had this intimate connection where she was, her identity was wrapped up her sustenance. You know, this is where the baby is fed. This is where the baby is loved. This is where the baby is cared for, right? This is where the needs are met. This is what the relationship we're supposed to have with Papa God. And it is what Jesus restored. When Jesus came, he, he could have called God a lot of things, but he just came to do one thing. And that was to reveal the father. Hmm. He came to reveal family. And to restore our ability to have this face-to-face connection with Papa God. That's it. I mean, in, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That word with is actually face-to-face intimacy. It's the same word used in other places for covenant intimacy between a husband and wife. It's a place of deepest intimacy. And that is what has been restored to us a face-to-face connection. And this has to be right in order for us to look into the eyes of our babies and impart to them the sonship that they Mm -hmm. deserve. First, we have to be sons. First, we have to be in the arms of Papa God, receiving love and being fed and knowing who we are. And we're not identified by what we know Like, do we know the difference between good and evil? That is not important, right? That was the enemy. The enemy was trying to convince her that her worth was in what she knew. And it never was. Wow. Can we, can we just take a moment? I just, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm really feeling stirred by this. Can we take a moment? Could you maybe... What would it look like for someone to begin that process of restoration? Even because we've got Jesus, or even maybe we don't have Jesus. What 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 can one do to begin this process of that restoration of that beautiful intimate fellowship that you were just describing? Yeah. Yeah. So the the thing is, is there's nothing, and this is this is the this is the hard part for most believers. There's actually nothing that you have to do. All we have, all we have to do is receive. And I, I use that word have to do very loosely because daddy God is wooing our hearts right now. Even as I'm speaking, as you're listening to the sound of my voice, 
Papa God is speaking through me to you. He's drawing you with the sound of love. He's like, it says in Song of Solomon, I'm standing at the door. My hand is at the doorknob. I'm knocking on your door. Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens for me, what, what is necessary is only that we would receive what Papa God says as true. And even, even, even if you're struggling with unbelief, like even if you're like, I'm not, I want to believe like he, like it says that the man whose son was, was demon possessed. He said, Jesus, I believe, and I need your mm -hmm. help with my unbelief because yep. the truth is brothers and sisters, like we can't do this on our own. Mm -hmm. None of it. Just think of the baby. The baby can't do anything, right? The yeah. baby can't do the baby can't do anything. It just has to receive. And that is the place. Like, that's where God is taking us back to. And it could be a little uncomfortable, especially right. like me. If you've spent most of your life fending for yourself, meeting your own needs, and afraid to receive from others because they hurt you. Right? This is already broken because what have we done our whole lives? And this is this is what God's doing. He's restoring the original design, the design that we would look into the face of mommy and daddy. And every single child is looking into the face of mom and dad and they're saying one thing. That's it. Show me Papa God. That's all they want. They want to see the face of daddy God and they want somebody to say, you are very good. You're very good at it. You might not be acting like it right now, but you are very good, right? That's yeah. what children hunger for. And I know, I know I had yeah. good parents, not perfect parents, but I had really good parents and they did their best. But I will tell you, this was already broken in me mm. because I had a, a biological father who abandoned me. Wow. And because this, because I experienced abandonment when I was young, when I was little. I carry with me continually. I'm not good enough. This, the one who was supposed to show me the face of Papa God rejected me. Mm -hmm. So maybe Daddy God is rejecting me too. And this, this has to be restored then. Right. And then Mom maybe, said, maybe somebody could even, and maybe perhaps in your circumstance too, it's not even, there's look, a view of the Lord, a view of God, a view of daddy God that needs to be restored too, because he's yes. not indifferent. He's not cold. He's not yes. harsh. He, he's, yes. he, you know, there, like any father, there are a whole, you know, scope of things that can happen within your yes. interaction and your relationship to him. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we have to allow in our relationship with God for him to, I don't want to say erase, maybe from our earthly fathers, a view of him, but sometimes it is that, you know, no, I'm not that way. No, that was not an act. It's, it's like uh, when Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock, Come on. you know, like God was upset because it was a portrayal of who he was as their provider of who he was as their father, you know? And, and so that's, there is a measure of that. I think any one of us could have to walk through with God in our relationship to him and yeah. having that being restored as well. It's like how we see him. Yes. Is he the kind of father that's going to look at me and say, very good. 
you know, I want to spend time with you. I want to be with you. I, I love you. I'm yes. encouraged about this about you. I'm proud of you. You know, yes. those kinds of things. Yes. Yeah. He he is that. But the thing is, is usually the Papa God we have in our hearts is wearing the mask of our earthly fathers. Mm. So Daddy God is asking permission. Right now, he's speaking to our hearts at this moment. If you're listening to this, Papa God is speaking to your heart. Please give me permission to remove the mask. I am not like a man that I would lie, nor like a son of man that I would break my word. If I have spoken, it will surely come to pass. So he's saying, let me take the mask off and let me reveal to you who I really am so that you can reveal to your children who I really am. You see, the key is not the children. The key is you, mom. The key is you, dad. The key is let daddy God heal your heart. Let him reveal to you how deeply he loves you, that you don't have to earn his love. You can go home today and starfish on your bed (laughs) and be loved. Right. Like literally you could just go home and lay down and receive the love of Papa God. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do anything to be loved. That has to be restored. And when it is, then you'll be able to mirror him into your babies. That's the goal. Mm. Wonderful. I love this. Um, so then moving beyond, if you're ready to move on from the, restoring the true design, you know, the Trinity, us receiving our identity from the father, Mm -hmm. um, the apostolic element Mm -hmm. to the home, you know, how, how I'm really looking forward to this. (laughs) The thing is, is if we walk in identity, okay. So I know that I'm a, I'm a daughter. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm a son. According to Galatians, I'm a firstborn son. I, and, and it's very important that we understand this, this idea of like sonship in the scripture. In the original culture, like if you think about Galatians, the book of Galatians, it was released to a son-favoring um, culture. It was a culture mm-hmm. that wanted sons. But if you were a firstborn son, you were especially favored and set apart for blessing and for inheritance. And Galatians 3 teaches us that we have actually been put into the place. We've been taken out of the orphanage, out of orphanhood, and we haven't just been inserted into some kind of like your fourth or fifth form, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. not accurate. Instead, Mm -hmm. Paul uses the language of the culture, and he says, I have made you the firstborn. I have placed you, put you into Christ, who is the firstborn of all creation, who is the firstborn son of his father, Yahweh, okay? So it's when I say I'm a son, what I'm really saying is I'm in Christ and everything that is Jesus's is mine. Everything that Jesus is, I am, right? So that's why I use the term sonship in a broad, including daughters as well, not to exclude daughters, but to say you have been put into the place of Christ. Right. Yeah. You are in him and he is in you and everything that he is, you are and everything he has is yours. So that's why I use the word sonship. I think it's important to know that. Yeah. Um, Because some people might be thinking, well, why does Harmony, she uses the word sonship a lot. 
Galatians 3 is why I use sonship. And I would never take out the word son and put in children. I would not do that. Why? Because I want to understand the original culture Mm -hmm. that this word was released into that said sons were extremely valuable. So you have been elevated by Jesus. Mm-hmm. You have been called the most important member of the family, right? So that's why I use that term. Once we that. know that, once I understand that, I'm walking in that, I'm receiving it. Not by doing, not by how many people I get saved or by laying hands on people and seeing them recover or giving out really awesome, accurate, prophetic words. Like none of that makes me a son. It's just the blood that makes me a son. I am what I am because of the DNA that is within me. It's like my daddy, Dan Ramsey, who actually adopted me. So it's a great example, right? Mm -hmm. My mom remarried an amazing man who adopted me and my older sister. So we're a great example because all the Gentile nations are adopted. Now Mm -hmm. I am in Christ. And my job, my my privilege is to now impart to my children that same sense belonging and inheritance and favor and responsibility and power and authority that comes with a firstborn son right like wow you know like i'm like yeah i'm strong yeah and my sons are strong and they're all adopted so it's a great right it's a great picture it's not about who gave birth to you in the natural right we can receive, like, we can receive an inheritance from our natural parents. And actually what Daddy God originally designed was that natural parents would also be spiritual parents. Mm-hmm. And that all the pieces that an 18-year-old son, a 19, 20, 21, 20, 30, 33-year-old son would need to step into his full authority in the marketplace he didn't get that in the temple. Right. Right. He didn't, right. He didn't get that in tabernacle. He didn't get that in shul. This is Jewish right. culture now, right? Right. He got it by walking with his father. Yeah. He would have been apprenticed, right? Yes. He would have, yeah. Yes. Wow. And first and foremost, in the family. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to teach you the books of the family, um, the family business. Well, the family business of the Bible is sonship, right? It's not how many people can I get saved, although it's very important to preach the gospel. But the gospel is the gospel of sonship. It's being taken out of orphanhood and into sonship. So when I say apostolic, this is what the Lord told me. He said, Harmony, just as I created the family in the garden and not the church, the church follows the prototype of the family and not the other way around. And I built my church on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus as the cornerstone. And the reason I did that was because fathers and mothers are the apostle and the prophet of the home. And the church is called to reflect the family, not the other way around. Wow. And so if you're listening to this right now and you're like, man, I don't know what my calling is, right? 
Well, my first question mm -hmm. to you is, do you have any children? Because if you are a father, then you are an apostle. In your home, you are the one given the, the um, anointing to bring vision, to bring purpose, to bring the blueprint of the family, to empower the rest of the family to do amazing things within the family structure. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. To mantle the members of your family with, with belonging first, mm. with, with authority. When that child walks outside the doors of the house, he represents or she represents the apostle of the home. Right. And so what, we can see this in a negative sense, too. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because kids do yeah. they they leave the home and they do represent their parents. Yeah. And it's not always awesome. Right. 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 Well, I mean, going back to what you were saying with the original design of the church of restoring the family. Well, something went awry. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because we were too we were busy ourselves. Yeah. Carrying the orphan spirit and imparting the orphan spirit within the walls of the church, imparting performance, imparting you have to earn your place. You and if you mess up, punishment, punishment, punishment. And it was, yeah. it's just a reflection of the broken family. Wow. Right? So if yeah. we go back, step wow. back and bring healing to the family. Yeah. Oh my, then the church will flourish. Then we'll have mess. We'll have we'll have, we'll have little prophets and apostles everywhere, evangelists, pastors, and teachers everywhere. I know yeah. who I am. How can I serve? How can I lay down my life? I'm a wow. son, and you know what? Sonship is all about washing feet. So let's let's serve. Let's honor. Let's let's birth something according to the spirit. Ooh, let's transform our community. Mm -hmm. I can do that. I'm just wow. Like my, I feel like, um, have you seen that meme where someone's like, it closes up on their eyes and they're like computing. You can see all these numbers. <laughs> That's how yeah. I feel right now. I feel like my mind's going bing, 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 bing. Like uh -huh. I can, I'm just imagining the possibilities, you know, of just even, it just says so much to me why the masculine role in culture is just being attempting to be torn down, pulled yes. down, just diminished, just the yes. disrespect towards men yes. in yes. general. I can, it's just like, it's all making so much sense, you know? Yes. Just the role that, and, and even the lot, there are lies on so many fronts, right? Just not just the men of um, the feminist movement of like saying men are worthless and all this stuff, but even just like the, the counter movement of that, of just like men are just players and they're just you go out and you just party and you sleep around and you do all this stuff it's like even taking away the honor and the value from them of what they can then sow into yes that they're more than just um more than just propagators i guess you'd call it like they they're meant to be a foundational um anchor point even for like heaven on earth of establishing Ooh, god's kingdom is. You know, yes. and I, I just, it's really, 
incredible what you're sharing right now. It's like, it feels revolutionary, but at the same time, if you go back to the scripture you can kind of read with that filter, it, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I'm excited for you to get into mama as the prophet. Yeah. <laughs> well, and talk I, to me about this. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. So first of all, like men who are listening, like that you have in general, there's been always been extremes in masculinity. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because and to, to get down to it, the enemy's real design is not to destroy the church. The enemy's real design is to destroy sonship. Mm. Now, the church is meant to be the catalyst for sonship by healing the family, right? So I'm not saying the church doesn't matter. It matters. <laughs> but the, the thing is, is when we think of church, we're thinking of, okay, we have a pastor and then we have an eldership and then we have directors and then we have this and then we have that, right? That's what we think of as church. But God's yeah. like, actually, church is the home and the home is the church. Wow. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Happy face again. Like, like I am serious about this. Like the church, if, if we're not one with the family, we are out of order. Okay. Wow. So wow. like one of the reasons I was drawn to Garden Valley Church is because I walked in these doors and I began to hear stories of marriages had, that had already been divorced. And they were healed and remarried. Oh, that's incredible. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's the church I want to go to. Right. And this was restoration. Before, yes. It was before I was a mom. Like I was in my marriage was very challenging because of the abuse I had experienced in the cult in my first marriage. And my mm -hmm. husband experienced abuse at the hands of his father. He had a very loving mom, um, but experienced abuse at the hands of his dad. And mm -hmm. um, we like we didn't know how to be married. We were broken. What did we need? Right. We needed yeah. the church to do their job. And guess what? They did. They did. They loved us and fought for us and poured into us. And they said, your family matters more than your ministry. Wow. Right? Like yeah. they said all the things nobody wants to say, like, we don't actually want to use you, Harmony. Go ahead and sit down. Like you need to heal your marriage. Right. We know you're anointed. That's not what matters. Sit down. Wow. Like you are wounded baby and we want to hold you for the next five years. That is a true mother and father right there. Yes. To, to say that, to see that and say, yes, but not yet. Right. You know, like, yes, but not yet. Let's, let's, let's spend some time. Let's let this percolate. Let's let this mature and yes. slow cook it. You. Let us show you what healthy yeah. family looks like. Let oh. us show you what it looks like when a husband and wife are in unity and their home is in unity and there's, there's, you know, there's a loving and love and connection and safety and belonging within the family. Because what happens then is your ministry always reflects your family. Okay. No matter what. Nobody wants to hear this, but this is the truth. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going, hmm. <laughs> Okay. And, and Papa, in his love and his heart of safety, will say, hey, baby girl, my dear son, I'm going to limit your influence. I'm going to limit the size of your ministry because I want you to be safe and I want the sheep that are receiving from you to be safe. Mm -hmm. It's not punishment. I right. love you and right. I want you healed and whole. And until I see that, until you let me walk you through, unless until you let you receive from me what I've already done for you, 
I'm going to limit you in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. So I I actually have a child at my door right now, which is not surprising <laughs> seeing as what I do, right? Yeah. Yes. So just, and and we we prioritize family here. So yeah. it'll just be one second, okay? Yeah, no, you're fine. When when I do interviews or whatever, like if my babies come to the door or if if someone in my fam- my church family comes to the door, like that is my life and everything else, right? All the public ministry yeah. that we can do is not yeah. as valuable as the moments I take. Like just you are my yeah. priority. Yeah. You are my priority. Yep. They know, right? In agreement with this, yes. So that is, and then my, like I was saying, my ministry can reflect the wholeness of my family. Yeah. So let me ask you something. When you were in that season where you had the mamas and papas in your life that were saying to you, maybe, maybe to your husband at the same time, Hey, yes, but not yet. Mm -hmm. Was that tough to receive that? Was that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I've 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 reflected on my moments like that in my in my life, and I'm like, it's not. I think sometimes we have this, especially as a parent. Okay, I have this expectation that like when I'm doing something that's for the benefit of my child and telling them no, I expect them to have like this trust. Like, okay, mom, I trust you. That is hardly the case. Yeah. So, so yes, the, 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 the reason it's hard is because we're caught in performance. Yeah. We still think we have to earn the love of Papa God. So if we're not preaching the gospel or whatever, if we're not, you know, volunteering in the nursery or if we're not doing this or doing that, right, we're not useful. And that means yeah. we're not valuable. And that is a right. bunch of malarkey. Okay. Wow. That's a yeah. lie. That's born out of the orphan spirit. So what do we need to do? We need to go back to the home. We need to go back to mom and dad, and then we can talk about prophetic mamas now. But I just want to cover, like, yeah, I'm loving where you're going with this. So, yeah, thank good. you. Yeah, fathers, you really matter, but it's not so that you need to perform. Daddies, like we we're not trying to put a burden on you. Instead, we we want to invite you into sonship, knowing that you are really valuable, that your babies need you, and that your wife. Your wife is like, show me, show me what Jesus looks like. And you don't have to figure that out on your own because the spirit of the living God, if you will just go starfish in his presence, the spirit of the living God will come and teach you how to be a husband, how to be a father. If you just soak in his presence and over the course of my life, that is how I've gotten free. I got free from a 20 year addiction to pornography. I was exposed to porn when I was very little Hmm. and God has redeemed me, right? Every part of who I am has, and I'm still obviously in in the process. We all are, but in that area, I am completely free. And I'm, to be honest, the enemy had me convinced I would never be free. Now, I mean, science would even say your brain was wired a certain way. So we're talking full blown miracle here. You know, God renewed your mind. He did. He did. So, so fathers, you matter. We honor you. You apostolic, awesome men, warriors of God. You matter. Your wife and your children, they need you. They need your voice. They need your vision. They need you. They need you to release your voice over them continually speaking identity and sonship over your wife first. 
Actually, husbands, fathers, your first job is to impart, continue to impart sonship to your wife, mm-hmm. right? Like that's where we, we, that's the first human relationship that matters. Mm. Then out of that, yes, your children need you. They need your voice. Every single night, my husband takes my son's hands and he says, repeat after me, you are good, I am good. You are kind, I am kind. You're a great artist, I'm a great artist. You're strong, I'm strong. You can do great things, right? Like all these different, and the the son, my sons repeat all these words of life because they have, and you know, my husband is a log truck driver. He's not like, I love that. You know, he doesn't want to be on the stage in the pulpit, right? He's just the man, the apostolic leader that a whole generation needs. Absolutely. Without, without a doubt. No question. Yeah. Yes. And then you have me and, and mothers everywhere who, you know, some of us have apostolic giftings too. And fathers can have prophetic giftings too. That's, you know, it's not like, it's not legalistic. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't say it in that way. I say it in a way that to understand that you, we women, you, we are the womb of we're the womb of humankind mm-hmm. and Holy spirit is the womb of the Lord. Mm-hmm. In the very beginning of time, oh, before time began, before there was a night and a day, Holy spirit, was brooding like a mother eagle over the void, ready to receive the seed of the word so that all things could be created. So what we are is we are, we're the, we're the multiplier of the word. The word comes to us, either amazing, powerful, godly apostolic words or words of death, Mm. either words of life or words of death. And we take them and we're like, I can do something with this and we multiply it and we make it. So when Papa God spoke, he didn't speak to nobody. He spoke to the spirit who made those words become flesh. When, when Mary, when Gabriel came to Mary, he said, she was like, how's this? How can this be? I don't, you know, I'm not married. I've not known a man. And and he says, the Holy Spirit will come and brood over you. And that is why the thing inside of you that is formed, the one formed inside of you will be called the son of the most high God because the womb of the Lord will produce him. Okay. So I am, Holy Spirit is in me and I am I'm carrying the image of Holy Spirit and I am meant to multiply the word. Wow. I'm meant to bring forth the, the, to make it so I'm meant, I was created to make it so. And so when, 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 um, you know, the more time I spend, I'm, I'm, I'm eating this loving this, meditating on it, listening to Holy Spirit. Then I walk out of my room and I begin to make it so. I begin to speak it over my sons. Because, you know, my, 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 um, my legacy, my grandparents taught me how to study the original languages of the scripture. So I go to my kitchen table with my sons. I'm like, sit down, sit down. What are we reading today? 
ooh, let's look at that word in the original language. And they're like, ooh, mom, that means blah, 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 blah. Right? Like, yeah. I'm making it so. I am yeah. reproducing after my own kind. Wow. That is the role of every mother. And you see this again. You see this in a negative sense. Yes. Mm -hmm. struggle with gossip and competition and comparison when they're carrying the orphan spirit. What do they do everywhere they go? Mm -hmm. They reproduce according to that. Right. Or they um, they seek after that. Uh, maybe that manifestation or maturation outside of time. So a lot of manipulation control can kind of come into play as well. Ooh. And mostly because we need more of the seed. Yeah. What is in us is always producing a, a harvest because that's who we are. We are yeah. the womb. Okay. Yeah. So if, if we look at our lives and we're like, okay, I see a lot of immaturity and I wish I was more mature. <laughs> That's great. Not speaking from experience. Yeah, I'm speaking from experience. Like, no, I, I am being silly. I'm being tricky. Right? Right? Like, yeah. we all go through those moments where, like, why am, why is that person? If this happens to me much less now. Because, first of all, yeah. I've learned to starfish in the presence of God. I don't have yeah. to do anything to be loved, right? Yeah. But it, at one point in my life, I'd be like, well, why is that, that person or that person? Why did they... You know, why do they manifest those things? Or why are people getting healed when they lay hands on the sick? Or why is the pulpit open to them? Or why why does their voice carry more weight? Abba, help me to understand. He said, well, the seed inside of them is producing fruit. It's producing after its own kind. So I have made this my life. Right. So like, what are you planting? What are you cultivating? What are you, what are you meditating on? Yes. What's germinating? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the more you do it, the more mature you, God can cause acceleration. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus was only made in, I mean, it only took nine months, right? Mm -hmm. But it did take time. Like all things take time. No baby right. comes out of the womb right after conception. So yeah. <laughs> these things take time. Even creation yeah. took six days, right? Right. So right. it takes time. But the more time we spend, and mothers, this is in you. Like you might be thinking, I wish my husband would do discipleship or would do a Bible study with my kids. I get that. I totally get that. That might, you know, that might come. How about you plant some and cultivate some seed in your home, right? Mm -hmm. How about you decide I'm the womb and I'm going to birth a household that loves scripture, right? I'm going to demonstrate right. this. I'm going to close my, I'm going to stop telling my husband what to do. I do that too. So. I'm guilty. Tell my husband what to do. And so I'm yes. not going to tell him what to do. And so I'm going to produce. Right. I'm going to make it. So I just want to kind of piggyback onto this because something I was thinking when you were saying is I can kind of hear, I almost hear people saying, yeah, but like, yeah, but just like what you were kind of addressing, my husband doesn't want to be in that position or and I wanted to share something. I feel like this could be appropriate to share. Something I've been meditating on lately is the verse from 2 Peter chapter 1 that says, through Christ Jesus, you have been given everything you need for living a godly life. And so that's something I've been meditating on and speaking over myself. I have everything I need. I have everything I need. And so if you have, let's say, even what Harmony was addressing with the, um, the way the Father speaks we take that word, especially if you a father, maybe a daughter relationship, you can go in prayer to God yes. and you can say, 
this is what my father spoke over me. Yeah. And God, in his great mercy, will exchange and plant a new seed into you through his word, yes. through prayer, yes. sometimes through meditation. So those, she, Harmony is talking about God's original design, being restored back to God's original design. We can begin that process mm-hmm. right where we are. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. Yes. Whether our whether we're single, divorced, Come on. spouse is on board, spouse yes. isn't on board. Yes. We have been given everything we need through the through partnership with the Holy Spirit through Jesus Ooh. Christ to begin this now. We can yes. right now, today, we can all put a stake in the ground that says today is the day that I allow Holy Spirit to come and restore my identity yes. as a, as a son yes. and for a vision for my future and for my family. And so I just, mm-hmm. I, I hope that was okay that I interjected that. So I just, I, I think sometimes again, with the performance mindset, we have, we have gotten into this idea of like, once I have all my ducks in a row, once this thing happens, then I can do that thing. And once this yep. and that, but I've, but I've really felt, and I've seen this trend, even in like with my own friends where it's like, people are like, I'm just going to start. I'm just doing it. I'm just going for it. I'm doing it. So yes. go for it. Do it. If you're feeling that stirring, go do yes. be. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and the first step is not to try to solve the problem. The first step is to go and starfish in the presence of God. <laughs> like, I'm serious, friends. Hashtag, let's make it a hashtag. Hashtag starfish. Like, seriously. I love that. Like, we need to practice resting and receiving identity. When I was, like, addicted to pornography, I, this is incredible. Okay. In all the seasons of my life, Papa God never stopped speaking to me. He was faithful and he wooed me. And the Lord spoke to me just the last week. I was sharing part of my testimony and something new came out of my mouth. He said to me, you know, the giftings and callings of God are without repentance. That means that I don't strip away your giftings and callings when you fail or when you return to your vomit like a dog, right? (laughs) Or when you forget who you are in the spirit realm. That's it. I regret it. We're done. (laughs) Yes. But there's another thing in this way, said to me, daughter, there's another thing that I never repent of. And that is my love for you. Mm. I will never repent of my love for you. So let's say you are in the middle of a divorce. Maybe you just got divorced. Your kids are, maybe they're manifesting some of that brokenness. Their hearts are torn. They've experienced trauma. I feel like I'm prophesying to somebody right now. You just went through a divorce or you're on the verge of a divorce and you're noticing the trauma in your children. I am telling you the first step is not to try to go out and fix them or, or, to, or to wallow in the shame of, of, of mistakes made. Right. The mistakes are made, sis. The mistakes are made, brother. It's okay. Papa God does not repent of his love for you. And right now, and this is what God did to me when I was still in the middle of my addiction, I would use pornography and immediately I would hear God say to me, this is super transparent, people. Let's go transparent. Okay. You do it. Authentic. Right. Because this is how people get set. This is how people get set free is if we stop pretending. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I would just have used pornography and all of a sudden I would hear Papa God say, daughter, will you come be with me? 
Wow. And a lot of times I would ignore him because I was like, dealing with so much shame and guilt, right? Right. Yes. I didn't want to be addicted to pornography, but I was. Right. Right. And finally, I just did what he said. I was like, okay, all right. I guess I'll spend time with you. Yeah. And I would go into my closet. I would hide, you know, I'd go in my closet or I'd sit on my bed or whatever. And I'd just be like, okay, I hate myself, mm -hmm. but you told me to come be with you. So what now? Yeah. And he would just like say ridiculously loving things to me. Mm. I adore you. I delight in you. You're beautiful. You're chosen. I love you. I set you apart from your mother's womb. You're the apple of my eye. I formed you in my image, your treasure. I'm proud of you. And I'd be like, no, <laughs> that can't be true. Yeah. yeah. And then I would have incredible third heaven encounters. Right. I would encounter the, I actually had a face-to-face -face encounter with the person of the Trinity. He was like, or excuse me, of the Holy Spirit. He was like a man made of glass. I was sitting crisscross applesauce in my, in my, um, in my closet. And all of a sudden the person of the, of the Holy Spirit was sitting in front of me, knee to knee, nose to nose. Mm. And he said, daughter, will you, do you see that? And he was, he was pointing at all my clothes because not only was I addicted to pornography, but I was also addicted to spending. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And there's lots of reasons for these things. Okay. Sure. Um, oh yes. yes. I shared them without excuse. It is what it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. And by the grace and mercy of God, I'm free. And that's why I share it. So yeah. I'm staring, I'm looking at my clothes and I'm like, yes, daddy, God, I love all my clothes. You know, <laughs> they're so pretty. Like, I know, I know. That's what I was like. I love all my clothes. And he said, daughter, that is not intimacy. That is not mm. love. That's a replacement wow. for true intimacy with me. And because I grew up in the church, I was like, are you saying that my clothing is idolatry? Is that what you're actually saying, Holy Spirit, mm. in a way that I can receive it? And he's like, it's idolatry. It's a replacement for oneness with me. So I said, okay, well, what, what do you want me to do? And he said, will you give away everything I ask you to give away? Now you'll notice that God didn't start with the porn. Yeah. Clothes. Right. You see what right. I'm saying here? Yeah. Well, he knows, he, right. He knew where the, the root was. He's yeah. working. He's working with me. He's teaching me to trust him. Yeah. He's saying, can you trust me with this? This little, this thing that's not as big and scary as the pornography. Could you trust yeah. me with this? Yeah. And I was like, well, you love me even though I'm a mess. I think, I think I want to take a risk and love you back. So I said, yes. So I gave away, I ended up giving away half of my clothes. So I went on this process and every time I was with him, he would say, will you give me this? Will you give me that? I used to, I, I I'm recovered, I'm recovered from PTSD I used to self-harm as a way to deal with the, the uh, triggers from PTSD. And one day he mm -hmm. said, baby, like, can you give me self-harm? Right. Mm. Will you give that to me? I want to heal your heart. And I was like, yeah, I've already experienced you in all these areas. I'm ready to give this to you. One thing after another, until I, I realized I hadn't used porn in a year and a half. And I hadn't even thought about it. I hadn't even okay. tried to get free. Right? Like I had just yeah. been with him. Yeah. I just been yeah. with him. Moms and dads, like 
This is what your kids need. They need you to be with Jesus. They need you to spend time in his presence, receiving his love and his goodness, not earning, right? Do you hear what I'm saying? Not working harder to be loved, but receiving what Jesus already did for you. This is what your kids actually need. This is the original design. Look into the face of your daddy, God. Receive love like a baby does from its mama, and you will see your family restored. And the things that you have desired for yourself, the freedom from pornography and from from you know but just name all the things that harmony's been bound by pornography and masturbation and obsessive compulsive spending and self-hatred and self-harm and all the things that god has set me free from i'm telling you the list can be a lot longer each one of us deals with different things in our lives and the the key is not you working harder the key is will you go and be in his presence and just let him love you and if you will yeah You'll, you'll taste something so good, you'll never want to go back. That's what happened. I He brought me to a place, you know, step by step. Yeah. Yep. He brought me back to fasting. And this was, this was like, it was a huge hurdle for me because in the cult, I, I was put on forced fasts. Okay. Okay. And I had yeah. covenanted. I made a vow I would never fast again. And one day I was actually, I was in the car. I was on my way to a prophetic summit. I was already in, in ministry and I still was not fasting. Everything else, you know, it's like healing everywhere. But I was mm -hmm. like, don't you even say the word fasting to me? Fasting yeah, don't, you <laughs> don't you dare. Don't you dare. Right. Yeah. And he said, to, one day I was, so I'm in the car and I'm praying. I'm praying in tongues and I'm interpreting my tongue and I'm using a voice because the Lord has given me the words. So I'm using a voice recorder to record the words that I will release at the prophetic summit. And as we're going, we're prophesying, Holy Spirit and I are prophesying together. And I'm just having a good time with Jesus and totally drunk and driving. And I don't know how I survived, <laughs> but anyway, it was just Holy Ghost drunkenness. That's the kind, that's the only appropriate kind. <laughs> yes, that's right. Clarity on that. Um, I was drunk in the Holy Spirit. Yes. So I said to him, Daddy God, I just love our relationship so much. So awesome. And I'm all this freedom I've experienced five years free from pornography, all this stuff. At that point, it was about three years free from pornography. Like I'm so grateful and I love our relationship. There's just this one little thing. I said, other people, you know, like John G Lake and Smith Wigglesworth and people like that, Maria, Mariah Edward, Ed, Edward and all those people, they've all seen you face to face. And I haven't. So what's up with that, right? Like, I'm okay, it's fine if that never happens, but I really would like that. I would love to be in the third heavens with you and see heaven and see your face and all those things. And he just quoted scripture to me. He said, daughter, this only happens because of prayer and fasting. <laughs> and I said, well, I don't think the issue is prayer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and How he said, are you? Yeah, I was like, really? You said the F word. Yeah. <laughs> and But he had walked me through this process. He yeah. had wooed me into his arms. Why? Because he wanted me in the heavens with him. Yeah. You, this is all about parenting. I need people to understand the reason we are, are birthing this, 
The reason I am asking you to step into this with Jesus is so that your children can carry sonship so that your children can soak in the presence and have face-to-face encounters with Jesus because they are always going to mirror you. So what are we showing them? Right? Right. Okay. So I finally said, all right, daddy, God, fine. I guess I'm in the habit of obeying. So that means I've got to fast. (laughs) And he, I said, what kind of, what kind of fast do I got to do? That would have been my question too. What what kind of fast are we talking? (laughs) Yeah. How bad is it about to be, right? Yeah. And I, he said, I want you to Daniel fast. And I said, okay, okay, whew, okay. And I said, how long? And he said, indefinitely. Oh, <laughs> hey now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've come in and out of Daniel fasting, but I have spent the rest, I'm probably going to spend the rest of my life. God has called me to this lifestyle of fasting mm-hmm. and it's totally changed my life. So anyway, the point is, is the very next day, I was, I was on the stage. I, I was, Pastor Craig and I were ministering. He was praying in the spirit and I was interpreting. And I had an out-of-body experience with God. Wow. Where I was at the three crosses. I was wow. at Golgotha and I saw Jesus on the cross. I saw the blood and the cloud. And I heard the Lord say to me, Daughter, I have desired to reveal you in the office of the prophet, but you have despised rejection and rejection is the inheritance of the prophet. And I felt the grief of the Holy Spirit come upon me in that moment. I was set free from performance-based acceptance. I was set free from man-pleasing in that moment. My whole body was shaking. I fell over, was laying on the floor like I'd just been interpreting and I just got laid out. It was so powerful. And after that, I began to have 30 heaven encounters with God where I saw him face to face. And I will tell you, what keeps you free is when you stand in the presence of a living God. Yeah. He is holy. Yeah. And we are not unless we are in him. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't even be there if it wasn't for the blood. But even under the blood, I was filled with the terror of the Lord. Right. I understood in that moment that the God I served that had wooed me, that had loved me through pornography, through, through all these different addictions that I had in my life, he had condescended in his holiness to hold me in my filth. And when I came face to face with that God, I was marked, I was branded in his presence and I've never gone back. It's one thing to encounter God's love at a church service when, you know, you guys are in worship and you just feel that presence of God. It is another thing entirely when you encounter the love that he has for you in a moment of shame. And I've, I actually had a very similar circumstance happen to me. This was when my, um, my youngest daughter was first born. I was struggling with some really bad postpartum depression. And I didn't know that's what it was, but it, it manifested as anxiety. And I had this moment where I had completely lost my temper. And I it, like at everybody, at my husband, at my two, my two children, it was just, and I was, I remember crying. I went out, secluded myself. I was so shamed of losing my temper. And it was over nothing. 
and I was crying and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me in that moment, right here in this moment, I love you so much. Can you feel my love for you? And I was like, I'm telling you, I was so ashamed. I was just like, I, I, I just like, I knew that I'd blown it. I, I was literally something so stupid. And that moment forever, even still, when you were sharing yours, I was like, I've been there. I've had that moment where it's like, how can you love me? I totally just yelled at my kids for nothing. And like, made a big mess of my, of my day. And I began to realize that sometimes transformation happens when we come face to face with that shame, with that thing that we've been trying to even hide from ourselves yes. or deny exists. Yes. And, and even in that moment, look at it for what it is yeah. and allow the Lord to love us even there. Yes. And to feel his good pleasure even there. And, yeah. and it is truly so humbling because you realize the only reason that that is that way is because of Jesus. Yeah. Because of what he's done. Because yeah. and then and then he loves you and he nurtures you in that place back to restoration. And that's the other thing I'd really like to 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 capitalize on. I've heard my fair share of miraculous healing stories, miraculous um, deliverance stories. I've even had a few myself, yeah. but there have been some breakthroughs in my life that as a, as a loving, gentle father, God has allowed me to walk through mm -hmm. with him mm -hmm. layer by layer, yes. piece by piece, yes. moment by moment. Mm -hmm. And, 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 it's, and, and there were times where it was like, what you, what you said, you look back and you go, Oh, it's been a year since that thing, or it's been two years. And, and it is, it is just as much a miracle to have that happen as it is for that automatic deliverance being set yes. free from, from some bondage, from some addiction, from some yes. whatever. Yes. Um, so I just really want to encourage people who are listening yes. that you've got both sides. You know, you can have yes. this instantaneous deliverance and then you yes. can also be saying, I'm willing, God, let's walk this through together. Yes. Let's do this yes. thing. Yes. So, um, Yeah. That, you know, and what your children, and this is, this is the point, friends, like, why are we here? Okay. We're here talking about what it looks like to parent prophetically and intentionally. And the truth is your children need to see what it looks like. And we'll talk about this more next time, but what does it look like when mommy and daddy repent? What does it look like for mommy and daddy to be loved when they're broken? Our children yeah. need to understand that we also are not perfect, mm -hmm. that we need mercy, that we need mm -hmm. grace, that we need forgiveness, that we need their forgiveness often too, right? Or they will not learn how to carry a spirit of humility and repentance. Right. Right. They don't get it by us telling them to say they're sorry. Mm -hmm. That is not how mm -hmm. children receive. They don't receive through now we can instruct right we can give instruction right. i believe in instruction i'm a teacher yeah. so i believe in instruction but i also know as a teacher that until you've done it you really haven't learned so like and we'll talk about this more next time even when we're talking about routines you cannot tell your child to do something that you are not doing yourself oh boy good right? grief i have stories i can share about that <laughs> and we will we will we're gonna get into all of that but Today, friends, today is the day when you let Papa, now you're not going to do it. You're going to let Papa God do it. 
He's wooing you in this moment to a place of rest, not of work. He's wooing you to the small in this moment to a place of being in his presence and receiving, not you going out and doing all the things. Okay, that's the purpose. That's what the garden was. Do you realize I'm speaking to people who are listening right now? God intended that we would spend all of eternity in a Sabbath. The seventh day was the last day. We were called and created for Sabbath rest. We were literally birthed into rest. We were not, we even all the cool, cool, awesome, adventurous things that we can do with daddy God. It was all meant to happen on a Sabbath. In rest. And that Jesus came, he restored rest. Wow. He restored a finished work. So parents, and this, this is this is the thing. This will this will affect the way you give out consequences. This will affect the way that you um, interact with your spouse. This understanding of sonship and belonging, and love, and resting in Papa God's, and sitting in His arms, and looking into His face, and receiving identity and and sonship, is going to affect everything. So this is the most important piece of prophetic intentional parenting. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you, Jesus. Well, I think this could be a good place to um, wind down. Yeah. If you want to close this off in prayer, just real quick, and then I'll give you a minute to share about your course. Yeah. Um, I, I uh, actually, I have a word of knowledge, so I'm just going to, if it's all right, I'm just going to minister prophetically for a couple minutes. So yep, go ahead. Um, I, I see some, a woman right now, you've got like a, a kind of a messy bun thing going on um, on the top of your head. And I hear the Lord saying he's removing that word from your life of being a hot mess. I hear the Lord saying, I do not identify you as a hot mess. That's a bunch of malarkey. That's some nonsense there. And yeah. Daddy God is stripping away this uh, this idea that women are drama. He's mm. stripping away this lie that wherever we go, we bring the drama. Mm. Right now, if I'm speaking to you, you might put a comment in the in the um, comment, but I hear, in the comment place. But I hear the Lord saying over you, daughter, you are robed. In the, in the regalia of queenship, you are beautiful. You are not a hot mess. You are the fire of the living God. You are like the, you're like, you're like the bride in the book of Revelation with the 12 stars upon her head. You are glorious and you are beautiful and you are not a hot mess. And Papa is asking you today to break covenant with the spirit of rejection and to come into covenant, come back into submission to the spirit of the Lord and that you would allow truth to come out of your mouth about yourself. Today is your day to bring your mouth into covenant with the living God and with his word, because this right here is the rudder of your ship. And this right here is what's speaking over your children. And I hear the Lord saying, as I adjust the way that you speak about yourself, I will adjust the words that come out of your mouth towards your husband and your children. And I'm bringing healing 
And I hear the Lord saying, there's that, therefore now no condemnation for those things that have been spoken. They are under the blood and daddy loves you and he's pleased with you. And you must love and embrace yourself. So I just release that over the, all the women. I'm sure that's more than one woman. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you are not a hot mess. And then I, I actually see um, some, um, I, I, I see a man. Um, I see a man with a, a walker. I just just came into my head. And I also heard, I heard joints and arthritis. So I'm speaking right now. I speak to, it's actually a, an autoimmune disease. So right now I mm-hmm. speak to the the genetic code, to the DNA within your body. And I command that autoimmune disease, that that switch to be shut off in the name Mm. of Jesus. And if that looks like, sometimes that looks like eczema, Father God, we just speak to all autoimmune diseases in the name of Jesus. And we command you to be healed. We We serve a God who heals, who raises the dead. And so I see right now, I see a man who has a walker. Maybe it's your father, if you're listening to this right now, or grandfather. And I see that man standing up straight. And I hear the Lord saying, whoa, this is a generation. God is calling those who have been bent over in the spirit realm, who have thought they are too old to minister, who have thought they are too old to impart to the next generation. I hear the Lord Mm -hmm. say, you are not too old. There is a Samuel anointing upon your life, and you are called to be the prophetic rudder of this nation and of the next generation. There are Saul's and there are David's who need you in this hour. And you may think to yourself, why would I ever minister to a Saul? Because Saul was part of God's original, yep. it, it was part of his plan for the for the people of Israel to reveal his nature as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He used Saul and he used Samuel and God is calling a generation of fathers to arise. Gray hairs arise. I speak to you right now and I command you to arise to your place of authority, you baby boomer. I speak to you and I declare that that you will still speak into the next generation. And I ask you, I plead with you right now that you would use your mouth to bless the next generation, that you would release your family mantles to the next generation, that you would release generational blessing to the next generation, that you would no longer say with your mouth, this generation is going to hell in a handbasket. Father God, we break that lie off this generation and we command four generations of righteousness to arise now. Great grandparents, grandparents, parents, and children. Oh God, in your church, let the generations arise. Let the generations arise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. (sighs) It's good stuff. Thank you, Jesus. Let me pray for, let me pray for. Uh, but thank you, first of all, for these words that have gone out right now. We we agree. We declare four generations of righteousness in the church, God. We decree, we decree over families. Maybe you're the first generation and you're like, no one else in my family is saved. I hear the Lord saying, you are the beginning and you will also see the generations before you saved in the name of Jesus. I hear the Lord saying, you might be the beginning and it might be your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren that serve the Lord. But I hear the Lord saying today is the day of family generations Mm -hmm. of being healed, of being restored. Family mantles are being restored. I hear the Lord saying there are mantles that have laid dormant in your family line. I hear the Lord saying you need to do some research. Come on. You need Mm -hmm. to find out what's on your generational line because there are mantles available to you that your great, 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 
circuit riding grandfather carried uh, hundreds of years ago and you are meant to carry it. I hear the Lord saying there is a, a, a Moravian anointing on some people that are listening right now that has come down from the 17th century. And I hear the Lord saying that you are called to cause that mantle to arise. You are called to release that mantle to your children. And now with intentional prophetic parenting, you will see the manifold, the, the multiplication of that mantle on the next generation. Oh God, thank you for what you're doing in our families. God, thank you for what you're doing in our children. God, we declare right now prophetically, not one prodigal. We say over our children and our grandchildren, Father God, not one prodigal. They will all serve the Lord every day of their life. They will not run from the call of God. They will run into the, the, the arms of their papa. They will be intimate with Jesus. They will have powerful, anointed marriages, God, where intimacy is the rule and not the exception. Oh God, we thank you for godly marriages. We thank you that you are redeeming and restoring sexuality in this hour, Father God. I thank you that sex is not dirty. I thank you, Father God, that intimacy Intimacy is a gift from the presence of the living God that is meant to demonstrate the nature and character of the Trinity. Oh God, we reclaim the story of sexuality in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that you are raising up fathers and mothers in this hour that are first and foremost sons and daughters of the living God who will teach their children how to live in the presence of God, who will be like Hannah, positioning their children in the presence of the living God. Oh, Jesus, we thank you for coming and giving us an Abba. Thank you for coming and giving us an Abba. You love us so much. And we end today by praising and worshiping your holy name. We join with the great multitude of witnesses before your throne, saying that you are worthy to receive every honor and blessing and power and dominion. You're worthy that the nations of the earth would come and cast down their crowns before you. And, oh, God, we choose right now to bring our families into agreement with you. In Jesus' name, yes. amen. Amen. Well, y'all, I don't know about you, but I just feel so blessed by this experience. Each one of us is called to be a Mordecai in this hour. We need a whole generation of Mordecai yeah. because we have a generation of orphans right now. 420,000 children in foster care, 18.3 million children being raised without fathers in the home. We need you grandparents. So yes, I hope, I hope you'll join me. Um, Harmony, this has been incredible. I just thank you so much for coming, for doing this series. I love the name Kitchen Table Kingdom. So great because like I homeschool. So my everything I teach my kids is from our kitchen table. And it so just ministers to me that it's called that. Um, all right, guys, have a wonderful Friday. Everybody be blessed. Thank you for your support. Happy Friday. And we'll see you on Monday. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. 
Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 